You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa! I feel good this morning. That was a good, that was a good one, right? Yeah, you like that? Maria <laughs> likes that. And we determined you look good with the outfit that you have on. Yeah, and, and the lighting. I feel like the lighting. I, I feel <laughs> it's all working. Entrepreneur AF this morning. Like, look at this. Look at these <laughs> pants and the shirt. The shoes. The shoe. Everything. Where are the shoes everything. at? Let's see the shoes. Everything, see man. the shoes. Like, oh. Boom. Boom. So, everything, dude. So, um, good morning, everybody. Um, let me finish the intro real quick. <laughs> Today on the show, we have Garrett Crocker, like Betty Crocker. Yeah, Crocker, like Betty Crocker. <laughs> he, like, he wrote that in there. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Betty Crocker, there you go. Owner and general manager of Rap Spot, The Sign Universe, and Fab Studio. What's up, man? I'm here. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> he is here. And with him, we have Taylor Wright, the director of marketing and sales. Well, for everything that Garrick does. Basically. <laughs> right? Well, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm super pumped to have you. It's awesome. Thanks for uh, having us. Yeah, story. yeah. I can't wait to get into it. And But first, let me, let me explain to everybody a little bit what's going on because I've already, already changed the game. <laughs> I've already changed the game this morning, right? So we've been having nonprofits on the show. And unfortunately, I had a nonprofit that I had to pull out last minute, which but it was okay because I came up with another brilliant idea because that's what I do, right? I'm like, I'm gonna, I got this. I'm going to invite a student entrepreneur on the podcast and let her be here because I'm thinking, okay, like, hey, startup, startup world, going to be able to maybe ask you guys a couple questions. You know, it's good. You guys are veterans. Got this. So Maria Elize from Unboxed is on the show. Good morning. Good morning. I'm super excited to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so what, why don't you, for everybody who is, probably doesn't know what Unboxed is, because you are like really new, right? Yes. You're still a student at the University of Florida. What year are you? Second year. Second year. Okay. Starting early. And like are you majoring Thank in you. business? Like, uh, No, I'm double majoring in advertising and Chinese. Okay. Are you gonna get, okay, wow. <laughs> that just sounds hard to me. Well, she, um, she, she's basically gonna be able to broker the deal before you even hear about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm like, wow, okay. You cool. just ordered 10 million of whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! So why don't you tell everybody like what Unbox does? Like, Give me like the 30 second pitch and maybe a one minute pitch and just sure. kind of let the world know, know what you guys do. Absolutely. Because you're the co-founder. Yes. And who is your partner? Anna Primo. Okay. Yeah. So um, her Shout out to Anna. Yeah, shout out to Anna. <laughs> I, I know Anna too. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, yeah, so Unbox is basically a co- like a care package for college students. We started this with the idea that college students have a lot to balance on their plates and typically their physical and mental health kind of get put on the back burner during a lot of these different activities. So this is going to be a subscription-based box that will be delivered to their doorstep every month that has different items that help them like between like being like personally and physically well getting more involved in their community and being more like organized and productive cool what an awesome idea where'd you guys come up with this idea you're just like "Eh." um well it kind of (laughs) came about because um both of us have parents that didn't study in this country so coming into college we didn't have a lot of guidance and we kind of like had some like rough patches because of that so we kind of wanted to make something that we could like give to other students where they could have like the guidance that we didn't got it 
So how, how are things going so far? Like, what's the process like at this time? Um, so right now we're working on like all like the legal parts. So actually today I'm meeting with some lawyers in terms of like um, drafting up contracts for like the partners that want to be like inside our box. Um, and then other than that, we're working in the co-accelerator right now at the Innovation Hub. And we're pretty much on track to start shipping out in the fall when the new students come in. Shout out to Co-Accelerator. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, we got lots of shout outs this morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. So, and how long have you been working on the project thus far, the, the mm, business? That's it's been about like four to five months since like we've begun. And like, it's been a little tough because like we're both like full-time students and like I have a job and everything. So it's been like a little bit slow, but um, this semester in the Co-Accelerator, it's been like picking up and we're super excited to get a lot of work done. Okay, and you have a job outside of work, do, being an intern for Repaint as well? Yes. Okay, so she's, Maria is, a, <laughs> is an intern as of this semester yes. for Repaint the Wall, which is my new media agency. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cool, no, I should say my new media unagency. <laughs> Branding. There's the term. <laughs> Going the, the unagency. Get it. She, she's like the, the, uh, the example of what I say, time isn't something you have, time is something that you make. Yeah, true that. Well, it's funny because everybody keeps saying, like, why do you call it an unagency? And I'm like, well, because when I was trying to describe it, I'm like, it's super unique, it's untraditional, it's unorthodox. I'm like, um, it's an unagency because <laughs> everything started with un. But, um, but, well, cool. Well, thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you for having and co-hosting. me. co-hosting. That's really cool. Good luck with the, the project. I hope that you can come up some, with some really great questions to ask these guys, so just feel free to sh- throw them out there as, as we get into this. I have a philosophy um, about everything. Yeah, we're, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're already over here brainstorming questions for her. <laughs> All right, well good, Like that, that's probably even better. <laughs> so, well, and I, I want to start by telling everybody like some really, really big news. And, and it, like, in one, I was already psyched about having you guys on the podcast because we had talked about it before, but then I got this brilliant idea because you were one of the first people that reached out to us that said, hey, we would be interested in sponsoring the podcast. Like and a long like, like time. Like a long time, yeah, in yeah. the early episodes. I'm like, dude, I'm kinda honored that you like even would even think about it even this early. Um, but here's the thing, and everybody knows this when it comes to the podcast, I'm like, all right, like one, I want the world to know, like that's not why I'm doing, I'm not doing this for the money, I'm doing this for like for Gainesville, this is my way of giving back to Gainesville, right? And, and Ty as well, like he's super, super invested into building up this community. And, um, and so we're, like we were very much on the same page like that, we wanna do this for Gainesville. Now, obviously it's getting expensive. <laughs> These shows get expensive, yeah, like set up, ah, everything. And, and so it's like, well, when people started expressing interest in sponsoring, it's like, okay, like I, that's something I definitely wanna do, but I wanna make sure that we do it our way, a little bit unique. I don't wanna do it all the other podcasts do, because a lot of people who have heard, if you've listened to any of these episodes, then you would know that I've said, like I literally listened to like one episode of one podcast ever before recording my own, so I literally had no idea what I was doing. I was like, ah, I'm just gonna, I'll, Wing it. I'll, I'll basically re- innovate what po- people think podcasting is. So, uh, so unpodcasting. <laughs> I'm unpodcasting now. Uh, so, um, but anyway, I wanted to make sure that we were doing something completely different. And then I got this idea. And that's where everything starts to change, right? When I get an idea, and I'm like, Rubble. look, what, like, what is it that the podcast really needs right now? Like, I want, I want more people to know about it, right? I want more people to listen to it. I want more people to share it. Um, I want to get the messaging out about what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish. So I had reached out to you guys and said, look, I got an idea, 
and and this is what I want to do. And, th- and so this is what we're going to do. And there's still some details to figure out, but I still feel like this is an appropriate time to kind of let everybody know what we're going to do. Um, I asked these guys if they'd be willing to let us give away a wrap to, oh, not to a whole wrap. like like a, a like total a, vehicle wrap, like a you total vehicle wrap, which is like worth what? Like I mean, on a typical car, I'd say like with design, we're in the right right around that twenty five hundred dollar range. Okay, so this is a twenty five hundred dollar value that we're going to be giving away, and and all you're going to have to do to get it. So and this is what we want, right? We want we want the business community to really share the podcast. Like hey, like here's a like here's a, you need a vehicle wrap for your business. Like they're giving they're giving one away. Rap spot and the WHOA GMV podcast is giving one away. So this is what we're going to do. I want you to go to you're going to go to the WHOA GMV.com, right? That's our website. I'm going to have a link on there. Click giveaway and we're just going to have a form on there. And what that form is going to allow you to do is I mean, you're just basically going to put your name, address and some of that other very basic information in there. And then as soon as you do that, you're entered to win. Um, of course, we're going to ask that you share this with other business owners and people that you think would like benefit from having a rap. Um, if you are a person and you listen, like <laughs> if you are a person and you listen to the podcast, um, <laughs> if, if, if you are an individual uh, that doesn't have a need for a wrap. Hey, we could wrap your bedroom. You can, you can wrap the bedroom? Yeah, we've been doing a lot of wall wraps lately. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, so we'll find something. Su- surprising me all the, the time. The refrigerator. I was, what I was going to say was <laughs> you could just, you could like, Donate if you win and you don't have the need for a wrap, you could donate it to your favorite business or maybe nonprofit. Right, non-profit, we're gonna let yeah. them let them decide what what to do with that. Um, so so if you're a person but don't necessarily have a need for a wrap, then then still share it. Like help us get the word out about the podcast because we really want. I was like, man, this is gonna be a good opportunity for us to to build up the podcast, build up the listenership, and but at the same time, like we're not benefiting. The podcast is not benefiting money monetarily from it, but it is still bringing us value because we want, again, to build the podcast and it's going to give somebody in town, and you have to be in Gainesville or, I mean, I guess if you're in Ocala or something, you got to be willing to come to Gainesville to get it, right? Right. Um, but we want to be- give a Gainesville business owner the the benefit of having this this wrap for their, for their business. Cool? cool. So, so I think like every boss should like put this up in their break room. And be like, employees, you have to go fill out this form or else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a good opportunity. I'm excited to see what happens. We are excited about the opportunity to to give this wrap away that's going to benefit a Gainesville business. And um, and I, I just wanted to thank you guys for, for doing that. I think it's going to be awesome. Man, I'm pumped. Me too. And I know, like, and you were just telling me recently that you guys are, <laughs> kind of, it, the timing is kind of interesting because you have like a block party or something that you're doing. Yeah, March that, 29th. You're doing a big old party, baby. We're doing a, it's like a, it's like a, just a get together. Just, you know, people who have wraps can come bring their wrapped vehicles. People who don't have wraps can come and watch us do a demonstration. We're going to have food and uh, first magnitude signed on for donating some beer. And yep. Adam's, Rib, Adam's Ribs Co. and uh, First Mag are providing all the beverage and I mean, food. We're just going to have event. a lot of fun and, you know, basically talk about what we do, kind of do a, you know, a bit of an open house at the shop and just, you know, everybody come together and, and, it, and you know, our shop is kind of in a plaza and Surf Pro's doing some sponsoring there. So, you know, everybody kind of like a neighbor, and you know everything's about relationships. So at the end of the day, it gives us a chance to you know make some new relationships, have cool. some fun. 
And so when is that again? March 29th. March 29th. What time? Is that, is that a Saturday? It's, what yeah. is that? It's no, Friday. it's a Friday, Friday night, so it's from 6.30 to 9. Okay. And, Helio's uh, going to be there, you know, spinning some tunes. <laughs> yep. And, and just to, <laughs> yeah, drumming. Oh, I love Doing Helio's drumming. Dude, he's crazy. Just to throw it out there, too, awesome. uh, all the proceeds from the event are benefiting the Boys and Girls Club. Cool. So we are bringing them out. They're going to have a lot of people there in Boys and Girls Club uh, attire and kind of showing off. And you know, we're really partnering with them quite a bit lately. Adam's awesome. Rib just stepped up and helped wrap one of their vehicles. So um, oh, know, that's, that's kind of a nice tie-in with all of that. Yeah, yeah. So it's really cool. Well, cool. Well, I'm excited about that. That'll be awesome. It Hopefully will. you get a whole bunch of wrapped vehicles out there by like partying it up, taking tour. It'll it's almost awesome. like it's almost like a car show, but like with a Our, business spin on it, you know? <laughs> right. That's cool. the way I kind of look at it. I think we should have one parking spot just reserved for a, a scooter, a wrap scooter. Yeah, I'm we've, with that. we've done it before. That's <laughs> it's cool. Well, awesome. Well, like I'm excited for that event. And again, thank you guys so much for being our first sponsor and giving away this wrap. I'm super excited to see who wins it. And and I, we don't even know when we're going to give it away. I'll, it'll probably be in a month from when this episode releases. This releases March. So, I mean, maybe a week or two after after the uh, block party because the block party yeah. is this this episode airs on March 11th yeah you can come to the block party and sign up at, at the block party okay we'll do, oh yeah yeah we'll do that too that's a great idea I think that'd yeah. be great awesome sweet thanks, thanks for letting us do it we're, we're loving the opportunity to come in here and you know yeah, partner man. up with you guys. Well, well I'm excited because, awesome stuff, like, uh, so now, like, let me take you guys, b- listeners, back even a little bit more. I mean, so I'm like kind of now related to Garrick. <laughs> like, through. You're not supposed to tell people but, that. Well, but like, but, so <laughs> the branch just went that way. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny because, well, we've been friends for a long time. A long time. And. Garrick and our familyness is probably come from our friend friendship. Oh no, of course. So you know? so Garrick, oh gosh, what, this was years ago now. Like I don't I don't even know how long ago. But Garrick reached out to me because his daughter Hannah was looking for. Uh, a position, I guess, right? Yeah. Or she was looking. Job. I mean, she was. I mean, she was think, working, but she was kind of like. I think you put out, out that you were like uh, looking for somebody who could come in and be a part of your team. And I was like, well, Hannah needs a, a good, solid position with a you know a place that would be fun and energetic and interesting. And that's right. We were looking like, for our scooter traffic control, something like that. That's I what we were calling it. It was like our like a reception position, somebody who can kind of handle the that's phone. Totally a millennial is, job name. <laughs> She came in. She came well, in. Well, and she's one of those people that, you know, like energetic and fun. Yeah, no, and, she's you know, perfect. Just, just a, you know, a, a, a great kid. And um, and then, you know, I was looking and, and I go, oh, you know, that'd be such a great fit to work over there. You yeah. Know? So. Um, no, she was absolutely perfect. And actually what's ironic about that is I had been into where she was working and she was hosting and like I walked in there and I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, I'm steal that that's, employee. I'm like, that's, well, it's funny because it was, she was doing a great job, but I was like, that's, that's Holly's daughter. I can recognize oh. her. I knew exactly. <laughs> they look, to we me, were, they look like twins. We I'm were like, in uh, a restaurant uh, on Friday, Friday or Saturday, and somebody goes, comes up and goes, are you Hannah's mom? <laughs> and, she, I, and we get this, we were in Lake City one day, and the, and the person waiting on us like, are you Hannah and Justin's mom? And it's like, What? So, uh, so those jeans run That's deep. Funny. Yeah. Well, and so she came in. So we did hire her because she was awesome. <laughs> and she came in and she was awesome. It's funny because she kind of got bored in that job. Like she was, she's too. 
wants to learn more and more and more and more, oh, yeah. right? She wants to learn more and more. So she literally, she went from there to being like in sales, to being in service, to now she now she's worked her way to being our sales manager. And then over, the, over her time here, fell in love with my brother, Brad, who's our service manager. So now we got Brad as service manager, Hannah as sales manager, and they're married. And they get married. <laughs> they and just got married in October. And so that brings and so our now we're together. related. <laughs> Holly yeah. was like, "What does that make him to us?" And I'm yeah, like, nothing. Not, nothing. <laughs> nothing really. But, but that's no, still thir- fun to say. Thirty-second cousins. <laughs> yeah. So but, it's like uh, brother. Well, Hannah's my sister-in-law. So yeah. So Hannah's. You know, you're like one of my kids then. I know that's. How I feel. I want to go on the next cruise. <laughs> they, they go on all oh, yeah. family cruises together. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I want to go on the cruise. <laughs> we we got to get everybody on one of these yeah. cruises. But right? you have to do a podcast on the cruise. Oh, hey, of course. Dude, oh, that'd, be that'd be epic. <laughs> so anyway, I've known Garrick for a long time. And now his daughter, Hannah, is my sister-in-law. If I can remember all the processes in my life. And, and we're your first uh, sponsor. And you're our first sponsor, so, so it's just super fitting. So, uh, so thanks, man. It and really you know, and we're neighbors too. We are. We live around we live the corner. In the same neighborhood. <laughs> uh, well, it so does. The, it does mean a lot to me. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. I want to get. I want to get into the the story because you've been a businessman for a long time, and how, how many years now? Uh, all my life. I mean, all I, your life. I can't remember a time when I wasn't. Uh, Fixing lawnmowers in the neighborhood for people, or mowing their lawns, or uh, I did a photography stint when I was in high school for people, and I mean just, uh, just always doing right, something. Well, go ahead, take me back. Tell me. Tell and he me was the just as bald then as he is now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, actually, I had a beautiful head of hair. If you, but you know, and I shaved it this morning to come on here. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Make it nice and shiny. For anyone for that doesn't know me, the reflection of the lights off your head. See, that's what's causing the good lighting on you. <laughs> We found the secret. Uh, so yeah, so you oh. just need me to sit in the, sit in the corner every there you go. There every you go. time. But um, so uh, my family had donut shops and a couple of donut shops, and I went off to college and got an accounting degree. And uh, so I have a bachelor of business administration and accounting, and I got a I would have got a minor from where um, Mercer University up in okay. Macon. And um, so I got this accounting degree, and I came home and started running the family business. And we had two donut shops, and uh, my brother and I you know worked them together and then he left the business it's hard to work with family i don't know if you've ever experienced that but it's mm-hmm. hard to work with family and um and then i opened three additional donut shops and uh over time got out of the donut business i had a i had a accounting office at that point um and it's because of the donut business that i got into the sign business because i was buying a lot of signs and a lot of you know just all kinds of displays and stuff for the donut shops and I was at the sign shop all the time and I really got interested in it and this older guy had the place and he was kind of like a mentor kind of guy and so I hung out at his place a lot and learned how to do a lot of stuff there so later on um, uh, fast forward you know a bunch of years I was in Denellen and I um, opened another donut shop and next door I put in a sign shop and um, and that's where and then I put in and then I had a printing company there and we did a clothing store. Like, I had every space in a plaza. Have you ever seen these plazas and you go, you know, that's kind of empty. I'd really love to do something with them. Well, I had, like, 
the donut shop and then the sign shop and then a clothing store and then we took over like this 5,000 square foot space on the end and I had a pack and ship and I mean we did screen printing I mean we had it was just like all kinds of stuff there. you ever see the people that just open a business because they need to open a business yeah that's him well it, turn, it, it turns out that like you know it was a great place to and I had I had a partner with the screen printing company um, and uh, it was great because it you kind of have to right because you can't manage all that no, I mean, well, I think that, you know, like with the donut shops, uh, I ended up selling that in order to buy equipment. You know, it was, um, you know, it was like buy something, sell something and uh, kind of grow through all those different things. Uh, but, yeah, with the screen printing, um, my partner, he, he and I also opened the clothing store together. We, we had a Columbia Sportswear clothing store. And um, so that was kind of a. You know, we, we we made these we made like I thought good decisions because like uh, like with men's clothing, this, the fashions don't change. So we would buy like twice a year. It turned out you learn a lot about the clothing business. And you only buy like twice a year, but you know you could keep men's clothing you know season after season in Columbia. I mean, the same Columbia shirt that I had. 10 years ago, you know, the PFGs are still the same pretty much. You know, they put a little tassel on the thing and they've, you know. Now, women's you have to buy every two weeks. Yeah, every, I mean, I don't even know how they manage that kind of thing. That's crazy. But uh, the screen printing, you know, we did all kinds of, he and I would screen print at night and um, and we, we enjoyed it. I mean, it was just, it was just fun time together and, and goof off. So this was up there? This wasn't it's in, in No, that was in Denellen. Denellen. Yeah, over okay. in Marion County. Um, and then uh, Holly and I got married. And so uh, I thought, well, you know, it'd be, I, and, I'd, and I'd already sold off the, the donut shop and, and sign shop and, and the building that I was in sold. And so there was, you know, some, some changes there. So, so I came up to Gainesville and got an accounting uh, job at Hale Plantation Golf and Country Club. And I was the accountant there and, um, you know, insurance and all that kind of stuff. And Holly eventually got a job at Shands and Shands is a great employer in town. Um, and... Yeah, I was so I was working at the uh, at the club, and I got an opportunity to become become the chief financial officer at the Gainesville Regional Airport, and I did that for a few years, and um, and that was a great experience. I mean, like, like if you work in private, you know, industry, and you know, for a private company or you know, public company, even government is such a radical change. I mean, yeah. it was just so different. Um, there's no there's not a profit mar- motive. You know, there's a there's an efficiency motive. You know, you want to save money, you want to do the right things, but at the end of the day, you want to absolutely 100% break even. I mean, that's just like that's a shock to the system when you spent your whole life trying to make money. You know, so I'm over there thinking, oh, you know, we'll rent this out, we'll rent that out, we'll make money. You know, and they're like, oh, oh, oh hold on, relax, slow down. <laughs> they're like, nope, nope, uh, you made, don't you do made, that. You just made a whole dollar. Yeah, right. You you calm know, down. Like, <laughs> so, so. I mean, and it was just like a great, great experience. And um, I, the government stuff was, you know, I coined the phrase moving at the speed of government because, you know, it was just a whole different pace. And um, but but it was a, it was unbelievable. I mean, I met a lot of bankers in town because we were doing some big deals over uh, at the airport. We were uh, building some new facilities and all that financing and everything. And a lot of politicians, you know, come through the airport because it's an economic engine for the area. So. Um, so I did that for a while, and um, my former boss at the club, when I was the accountant there, got another job. And I said, well, when you get a new job, I'll take your old one as the general manager at Hale Plantation. And he's like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. So he gets another job, and they call me up, and they say, so 
you know, uh, were you serious? And I was like, sure. And so I went back to Hale Plantation Golf and Country Club as a GM for a while. And, um, and then Hale, when I was there the first time, was owned by a family. Now, it's also, Club Corp is a company that owns Hale Plantation Golf and Country Club. And Club Corp has 20,000 plus employees. So it's a big company. I mean, it's a, you know, just at the, they have a, a location here in Gainesville, but it's a big company. Uh, which was a great experience also because you learn a lot about how big organizations work and have to work. But uh, Club Corp sold to a private equity firm and there was a point there where uh, there was a lot of change in the company so I decided that I was going to open another sign shop. And so I opened Engraving Universe because I was doing some engraving out of my garage on the side and uh, I thought it was funny because, I mean, I've got this engraver in my garage and this little bedroom. I'm doing all this. Work, and I called it Universe. You know, I just thought that was humorous. So You sound like the master of side hustles to me. Oh, basically. <laughs> like, not well, one business, but like 18 different side hustles. Well, remember what I said earlier. You don't, People that need to start a business just to start a business. Well, so, so I, I was doing the engraving thing, and I opened up a little shop. And, you know, when I opened donut shops, people would come and buy stuff. I mean, I mean, it was just like retail was, in a way, from a marketing standpoint, very easy. You know, you put a big sign up, and you announce that you're going to open a donut shop, and you open the donut shop, and there's a line around the corner because people have to have their coffee in the morning. I mean, it was it was a lot simpler. So I opened this engraving business, and and like you know, I put a sign up, and I'm in. I was over on Archer Road, um, across from Beef O'Brady's, and, uh, and nobody comes. I mean, it was just like, you know, squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> so. Um, so I realized that business to business was completely different. You know, we were, I had to reach out to uh, the people that I had met in Gainesville through being a general manager or through, through being the, the chief financial officer. I had to go out and reach out to those people and say, hey, give me a chance to, you know, provide a product or service for you. And so it was very, very fortunate that I hadn't had all those relationships uh, in order to kind of kind of build out that whole uh, sign shop thing and, you know, Signs were uh, something I'd done before, so I had a familiarity with it. Uh, but it, it still took a while to kind of, kind of get the ball rolling. A little different than what I was used to with, you know, like with the donut shops and clothing store. You know, you just let people know you're there, and then they come. But uh, business to business, you really have to uh, build relationships. And um, early on, I was a little frustrated, so I call up um, uh, Pete Zemek. You know, Pete. Mm-hmm. And uh, I call up Pete and I go, hey, you know, what's the deal in this town? You know, these people, you know, it's like, it's really, really difficult. And he goes, well, you know, the bad news is you're not going to make it. And I was like, uh, <laughs> he, he was a little nicer about it, I think, than that. Because the, the bad news is, you know, it's really hard because, you know, people come and go, that you know, you got to stay around a long time in order to, to really, you know, kind of be in, you know, you, you got to make those relationships. He says, but the really good news is if you stay around, long enough and if you prove to people that you're going to do a good job you you'll be their provider for life you know they're not going to jump from you to the next thing that comes along immediately just because they can they're going to you know you're going to build those relationships and they're going to be strong relationships and Gainesville is a relationship town and um and I was like you know that really makes a lot of sense and so that really helped me uh you know kind of develop those deep relationships um you know uh Odeby Kids is a great customer of ours, and I don't really can. You know, we we start off. We have a joke around the shop. Easy and Easy's my, I don't know, second, third employee. Um, I guess second. So, uh, but Easy and I, you know, we talk about we have 
customers and then they become family. You know, so it's one of those things where you build that relationship and it's a really strong thing. So like O2B, we, you know, we've been doing work for them for years and years and years and um, just, you know, a lot of great folks in town. And once you establish that you have that relationship, it's great here. Okay, so how long have you had Design Universe for then? So technically I opened in 2008 as a side hustle and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's Engraving Universe. Um, I would say 2010 and, you know, of course... You know, when do you open a don't? I mean, uh, when do you open a business? Well, you know, when the economy's at the worst possible moment, right. and it's the lowest possible place. You know, that's when you open a business. You know, you, can you imagine how that conversation went with Holly? Hey, you know, I'm going <laughs> to leave my corporate job, and now that things are really bad in the economy, I'm going to go out on my own. What do you think? <laughs> well, you know, good luck, honey. Yeah, <laughs> support of a, a great, a great person. Yeah. So. But uh, what was beneficial at the time is not too long after I opened up, um, uh, Fast Signs went out of business. A couple of years later, uh, Festival Signs went out of business. Um, you know, most recently, Creative Workshop closed down. I mean, this, you know, so if you stay around a while, you, um, um, you know, you, you create those opportunities as well. Longevity is important. The other thing Garrick's done that's been really impressive is the fact that he still has employee number one, two, three, and four. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, over okay. the last eight years, he's managed to keep his original four employees. That's pretty awesome. So, like Jimbo uh, used to help me out when he was actually technically number employee number one. Jimbo and, and I, Jimbo's having surgery tomorrow. Hope everything goes well. But uh, anyway, he and I were just talking right before the podcast, and uh, uh, you know, so he was number one, and then Easy came along, and Easy's number two. Uh, and then Kurt came along, and he was number three. Kurt came, Kurt left a couple times, and but came back, and uh, and Chelsea came along, and so uh, so yeah, the very core group of people that have come and gone, and, you know. Are, so how many total around. total people do you have? Uh, I think right now we're at uh, twelve full and part time. That cool. good guess. Yep. So when did he 12. sucker you into it? <laughs> so, I think you might be like one of the newest in yeah. Yeah, so funny story. So I actually used to own a clothing company and that's how I met Garrick was through a mutual friend of ours uh, who was doing my screen printing for my shirts. And that was about three and a half years ago. And we just got onto this guy kind of funny routine of every couple of months I'd swing by the shop, he'd make me a couple stickers and we'd talk for three hours. Yeah. About just business and sales, and and he'd watch me wrap a you know a trailer or something. I don't know. There's all yeah, kinds of stuff. Yeah, I whatever. thought it was kind of the coolest stuff, and so I just kind of got suckered in on the the cool level. You're just kind cool. of like watching, observing <laughs> while he's working. Yeah, and and, uh, like... and so then about eight months ago, um, we kind of started talking a little bit more about maybe me doing some sales for him. Uh, I've been in, in and out of sales pretty much my entire adult life. Um, Heck, I used to sell Boy Scout popcorn, so childhood too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so six months ago, I, I came on and started doing some outside sales for him um, while I was still working for another company. And then it, that lasted exactly a month. And he sat me down and goes, okay, so uh, you can't just sell a whole bunch of stuff and then not be here during the day. So we're going to need you to sell stuff and be here full time. Well, and, <laughs> and you know, it's like um, I could see a lot of things in Taylor that like, you know, energy. I mean, just a great fit for the team, uh, attitude, um, all kinds of different things. Like, you know, after, you know, several weeks, you kind of get a, you know, about years really. But the really cool thing to me was like, um, you know, I'm getting older, you know, he's really keyed into the social stuff and all those things where I have weaknesses. He Good, has Taylor, strengths. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for being keyed into the social stuff. 
Well, I mean, you know, the the reality is that's a... <laughs> I get to be the millennial in the company, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> well, you know, we have some now. Hey, man, don't be hating on millennials. No, I, hey, I have I'm huge a millennial, respect. technically. I'm like, oh. I'm like uh, I think they started calling them zennials, like, or, like, we're, like, right between or something. I think I'm... Uh, I, I'm, I think I'm 1982 is... I'm, I'm oh, not a, yeah. I'm not, like, 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 one of those old people. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm considered next gen or gen X. I don't know. Somewhere in there. I don't even. I don't even label people anymore. But, but, the, rea- <laughs> but the reality is, things are changing so fast. Things are so. You know, uh, it, it is. You have to be dedicated to all of these different platforms, and it's hard to be one person and do all those things. And um, you know, and you know, we have a lot of a, gr- a lot of people that are contacting us on a daily basis for new work, and somebody needs to be that relationship builder in addition to me. So it's just time. It was a great timing, and I, you know, I couldn't ask for a better person to be working with. You know, Taylor's got in addition to being like a lot of energy and all, he's got a great heart too. So you know, when we look at like an event, it's like, oh, let's figure out a way to kind of tie that into the community. And let's also make sure that, it, you know, it has a charity kind of piece to it and all those kinds of things. And so, so yeah, you know, somebody who thinks like that also, it's, it's really, really nice and refreshing. And it's great to have that kind of thing. Cool. Good job, man. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> G- Garrick uh, doesn't ever give himself enough credit. So when he talks about how we, we bring customers in and you know, they quickly become a family with us. That's even more so with employees. Uh, I can count, you know, I can't even begin to count how many times Garrick has completely stopped exactly what he's doing to run out of the shop and go help one of our employees or, you know, they're having car trouble. Well, let's figure out how to get your car to the shop. Oh, you can't pay for it. Let's go ahead and take care of that. And we'll just take care of it later. Yeah, we got and it. So free signs at sign wrap. Wrap <laughs> sign. Well, you know, I think that, um, you know, I, I sent you a list of things that I kind of believe in on a business basis. Yeah, on my, on my preliminary questions here. <laughs> what, seven pages? I'm like looking at all the bold words, like profit is everything. <laughs> profit is everything. You know, people so often, you know, like in your startup over there, you're going to sit there and you're going to go, well, you know, we can, we can sacrifice profit in order to have market share. I don't believe that. You know, I think that you have to have, I mean, I, I am absolutely boggled by the concept of Amazon losing money for like a hundred years or something, you know, whatever it's been. But because I think that, uh, especially in small business, um, you know, you have to be, you have to have enough value that there's, that there's more value than what you're putting into it. So that to me is the profit side of it. And it's very, very, very important, you know, and, you know, and then what does it say after that though? Um, fair profit. Don't be greedy. Customers, Don't be greedy. <laughs> customers find out everything. <laughs> customers do find out everything. Be as transparent as you can be. Well, yeah. you also do have to touch on the fact that when you say profit, a lot of people aren't going to understand what you fully mean by that. Profit is not just money in your bank account. It's the learning side. Yeah. We, if you're, if you're spend, gaining knowledge. A lot, a lot of R&D. If you're getting knowledge out of what you're doing, that's profit. You know, And you can't put a dollar value on that. You know, there, There's nothing to be said against like a degree in business, but there's also nothing that can ever replace real world business knowledge. You go out, you make a deal, it fails, you learn from it. Oh yeah, we, that is priceless. There's no way to put a dollar value on that. We've we've uh, we've learned so much over the years. Um, in the early days, we made a lot of mistakes. Um, I used to, you know, print the wrong color for O to B, for example. They're very specific <laughs> about their purple and their yellow and their green. And you're you know, messing with people's brands. So no, bad that exactly. we've literally named them O to B yellow and purple. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like <laughs> yeah, Pantone one two three is O to B yellow. I mean, that's just how it's around our shop. You gave out the secret now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, but and you know the 
I replaced a lot of stuff for free because that I felt like was a, a big part of the learning experience for us. You know, it was an investment on my part to make sure that we did it right in the future. And, you know, I'd go and reprint a whole whatever just to make it right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's gonna happen in any business. Like, I mean, if you're gonna take care of the customer, like, I mean, you know, if we, I don't know, if we replace a headlight on a scooter and then it goes out 30 days later, okay, like, well, it was a bad bulb or something, you know what I mean? It's like, we're gonna replace that light bulb. Yeah. I mean, you take you care do of the customer. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll do the, that, that hurts your dollar value profit. Right. But if you learn from that, and so you say, okay, so we've used this bulb manufacturer, and six out of 10, we're having failures. Of course, yeah. We're gonna change manufacturers, yet you're still profiting out of that, at least knowledge side. No, of course. And you know, it's interesting, uh, a big part of, of building a business has been creating uh, vendor relationships too, like your like your bulb distributor. You know, I mean, just finding those vendors who will also perform. You know, to make sure that you you look good. If you need something tomorrow, you know where you can get it. If you need something that's special, you know where to get it. You know, we have a lot of suppliers, and it took a long time to find the ones that would deliver every day to Gainesville, and you know those kinds of things as well. Yeah. So well, you, I mean, so relationships re- are on so many different levels. Of course, it's like crazy. Relationships are everything. No. Yeah. You guys are giving me very basic entrepreneurial lessons right now, so I want to get deeper. <laughs> I like it. Like, give me, give me, like a, you know, let's let's take it into, uh, and I know I can joke around with you guys like that. I don't know yeah. if I can joke around with everybody. <laughs> like that. Um, you know, like what's what's like the here we are. We said two thousand eight out of the garage. So right. eleven years later. Okay. Okay. Like, what's like. What's the hardest thing that's happened? I mean, even right now, like, what's like the biggest challenge that you guys have as a company? Taylor calling me salty in the mornings. Well, no, stop being salty just, in the mornings. That's an easy one. He to eats pick, breakfast right? too early, and so by the time I get in, he's already hungry again. Oh, and yeah, he's just that. like, no, no, I, I joke. Um, I get that way. I really, I think in in the kind of business that I'm in, I've struggled a lot with cash flow. Um, I think that it's just so hard. You're putting money out ahead of time and then you have to wait for it to come back. Cause you know, a lot of places they, they buy something and then they sell it and it, you know, it's pretty quick. We buy something, then we do a lot of you know, manufacturing to it. So that has a time element. And then on top of that, then we'll sell it to somebody like, you know, let's just say University of Florida and they have their turnaround times of payment. So you know, there might be from the time I buy a product to the time I get paid on it, maybe three to six months. I mean, it just depends on how involved we are in that manufacturing product of the product. So how do you handle that? Um, well, more, more recently, the longer you're in business, the easier that is in some ways because, you know, I've got an SBA loan, for example, you know, and we were able to kind of get a, a, uh, some cash in the bank from that. Um, you know, we've got... Uh, is that like using the receivables as collateral? Like, like how does that work? No, it was, uh, it's pretty much a straight up unsecured loan. loan. Yeah. And there was, uh, which we used it on equipment as well. I mean, we had a list of things that we were going to use, but working capital was definitely one of those items. Um, we have a spark card, you know, I mean, you know, credit cards, uh, we, uh, yeah, we, we were joking about it yesterday. Uh, we have a big job that we're doing where we needed a whole bunch of stuff. We paid it down, you know, like $8,000 and then we charged it back up, you know, in the afternoon, like seven thousand dollars and you know you said there's that constant flow there as well so i mean um, even going back to your thing where you say profit is everything i mean i might challenge you a little bit on that like isn't like cash flow is everything well you know i mean um, i get like you got to make money but well for but me ca- i feel like for, cash like cash flow like and, and they're really what and they're determines very, whether they're or not you're closely in business. related 
Um, well, I mean, look like look at New Scooters for Less, for example. I mean, we're in February, and I'm just like, please, Lord, just let us sell a scooter, right? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, we need some, we need some cat. I gotta, I gotta make payroll on Friday, right. like. Like, let's do this already. And you Please, just went to a on. weekly payroll. We just went to a bi-weekly payroll. I was monthly. Yeah. You know, so, you know, right. it's, it's, so <laughs> every two weeks we are. Really like, what it comes there. down well, to is. And I'm just saying like from that, from that standpoint, like new scooters for less as a calendar year is profitable. Right. <laughs> you know, I know that August is coming. Right. I know that there's all these new students coming and I know that we're going to sell 300 scooters because it's been pretty consistent the last few years. Right, so I look at that number. I'm so like, so why aren't you the, selling 400 this August? The, the money, is coming. Well, oh, and don't get me wrong, like we, we, we definitely have numbers everywhere of us, you know, working our ways, uh, working ourselves to get there. But it's just like, dude, it's like, I mean, can you can you fit a scooter? It, in one even of your though boxes? We, even though that we even though we <laughs> know that the business is coming, even though we know that the business is coming in August, we get, we have to survive long enough to get there. Oh, Amen. Absolutely. Amen. I totally. I and totally what, that's why that. I said like, isn't cash flow king versus? So what well, we started seeing in our business is that to continue playing the game that we're playing, you know, we are the, in our opinion the largest sign shop in town, and so we are going a left or a lot of the larger. Well, the largest sign shop of our, of our type. Okay. There you go. Because <laughs> there's like, a, I would say, yeah, you know, Gainesville, Gainesville Neon. Neon might be bigger, but they're mostly electrical and more of that construction side. But I don't, I don't want to over exaggerate what we do because we're, <laughs> we're not. They're but basically so, the biggest company in the country. Yes, universe. <laughs> if it's said on a podcast, it's true, right? With the word "the" in it, I don't know. <laughs> but so. To continue playing that game, you know, we do have to have that cash flow. So to continue doing these big contracts with US, Shans, North Florida, and still have the cash flow, we're having to reach out and really create a strong base of customers that do pay cash and pay on time of receivable. So that's yeah, where we're pushing balance, the wrap side. Sure. You know, our contractors are coming in, we're wrapping a truck, they're paying for the truck. You know, and then we're so taking that, that money. Oh, hey, recently we another another uh, real push toward this. We get more deposits than we've ever gotten on hand. Um, we also uh, set up a, a web store. So, like, if you're a realtor in town and you want to order the same type of sign over and over and over again, we've got a web store for you. It's branded in your name. You can go there, and when you check out, you pay for it, and three days later, all your stuff's ready to be picked up. So, mm. so yeah, we've really kind of you know, created those fast turns as well in order That's to, cool. and, and really, you know, um, profit is, you know, it, that, that margin between what you paid for stuff and what you brought in is that additional cash flow. Where I get into trouble or have struggles or, you know, small businesses do is that every single year we've grown. So like, you know, if, if I were trying to cash flow my first few years, I could do it on a month now, you know, but now it's like, uh, it's so much different than it was back then. So, you know, like we used to order corrugated material, like one, two, five sheets. We ordered 260 sheets at a time now. Uh, we ordered, you know, aluminum composite. We were ordering one, two, three sheets at a time. We ordered 40 sheets at a time. I got racks everywhere to kind of manage all these materials. Um, like when we're doing wraps, instead of having a wrap kit, we have three because we have to have the next one on hand also. So every time that you grow into that thing, you're putting out more money up front in order to uh, develop that future business as well. So, so we're, having, we're having to sit down at the beginning of every month basically and figure out what our cash flow for this upcoming month needs to look like to just to be able to do what we did the last month. Yeah. Which sometimes yeah. works out great and sometimes we get halfway through the month and go, uh-oh. Holy crud, you know, we, did, we just realized that we, we were gonna, you know, hit 
A, and now some somehow we're already at C, and it's the fifteenth of the month. Right. And yeah. so we do have to go out and reach those customers that we know, you know, have a vehicle that needs to be done right now, and they have the cash in the bank, so we can say, hey, we can wrap you, we can get you in right now. Right. But. We have a lot. I mean, so if you ever get like a random call from from rap spot, it's like, hey, you remember that truck? Like, we should wrap that, <laughs> that like today. That we means we just got a giant right job now. and we need your help. So, <laughs> and you know, and and the other thing that happens is we have cancellations, just like you know today with um, you know with your co-host, and and so we we make those adjustments very quickly now. We have. We have, a, we have great software that, you know, I started off, I was going to be paperless. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be paperless because, you know, that's that's trendy or something. I don't know. Why, <laughs> why do I think it? I didn't have a, is, I literally. This is why he's the old guy in the, the business. I literally <laughs> did not have a printer, like, to print uh, out of my computer, you know. So I was, you know, keeping track of all this stuff, you know, on little notes and stuff. And I thought it would right. be great. Um, now, we have great software to track every job. We have, um, and it took years to get to this point, and, uh, we have the, you know, all those kind of like tracking mechanisms to make sure that when we start, you know, when we see that something's going to come amiss, we're going to kind of try to backfill that. Um, and there's, there's great customers that we have that, you know, we can call up and say, Hey, uh, what you got going on? You know, what's going, what's, what's going on in your world? And, you know, so sometimes they'll say, well, you know, it's not important for me to do that today because I'm not in the kind of business where that has to be done today but when you have an opening give me a great deal and we'll do it yeah. at that point so you've learned how to like manage the cash flow better so, so better. better than ever better yeah. than ever and oh, the more we're still learning it on a day-to-day basis yeah, i mean i think i every mean every time is. we turn around we figure out that there's this other thing that we should be doing and then we had then the fun part is figuring out how to implement that yeah me i'm like oh i need more cash flow what can i sell <laughs> let, me, right. let me sell the truck today <laughs> Hey, you know, I've thought uh, about selling our, our work van. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I, when it I had, happens, dude. When, when I had my donut shops, I had a, a car that the, the title was kept at the bank. And if I needed money, they would just write me any amount of check that I needed, you know, and they would, and my car was collateral. I remember yeah. this. This was the years, like, in the 80s. Right. And well, uh, so you do you what you gotta do. do. Yeah, sometimes. So, so Maria, you, I mean, here you are, startup world, right? Like, you're in that life now. Yeah. You know, well, how do you, how, one, how do you feel about that? Does that like scare the shit out of you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when we were talking about cash flow in her eyes, she's like, like, I know, we're like, she's like, my oh. message to you, it's going to take 10 years. It's like all of these worries that I have. Um, I what, think, what questions do you have for these guys? I think more than anything, it's hard sometimes to like realize, like, am I doing the right thing? You know, because like right now I'm putting so much time into like start uh, starting up this business and like I have to balance so many different things. And sometimes I feel like I just like don't know if this is the right move. You know, like I don't know if this are you questioning pay your off. concept? Or are you questioning uh, like, am I should I be doing this or that? Like, should I be doing this or that? You know, okay. like, is this like... I think your concept's awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes I just, like, wonder, like... It's like bird it's box start... for, you know, college students or, yeah. you know, or... Yeah. What is it that you can't stop fix. thinking about? I'm just, like, worried that, like, I'm putting a lot of time into it and, like, what if it goes wrong? But honestly, like, a couple months ago, like, we, like, you know, it was, like, when things were really picking up and, like, I was talking to Anna and she just said, like, look, in the end, like, this is a learning experience. Like, we take this as almost, like, a class. Like, we're learning so much about the business no, it's probably side. cheaper than one of the classes. Yeah, actually, it really is. <laughs> Definitely edit that out. UF might watch this. <laughs> no, they know. Um, no, but, like, I think if you take it, like, at least for us, like, being, like, so young and, like, being so new to the world, like, we're thinking 
like learning it as a class like Mm -hmm. we're learning so much about like the legal side the financial side even like management and like the actual like operations part of it that it's just like it has so much value to like my development that I don't mind like putting in the work for it. I ran a newspaper in college and it was really interesting because it took a lot of time from my schooling but it was such a learning experience and I think you know and I look back at those things and and I think that uh, the value it's 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 better than any class you'll take. Yeah, I was there's no say, like, question about it. Where, where are they going to teach you legal in class? I mean, yeah. at that level. Dude, it's so interesting that you say that because I recently got into a conversation about college with some friends, and like it's it's recorded somewhere. It's like it's probably on my YouTube channel, but um, but yeah, I mean, we really kind of got into like the actual percentage of knowledge that we took away <laughs> from college. Well, you know what's yeah. really interesting is I worked at a law firm the entire time I was in college. And I was, uh, I started off there as, you know, just, you know, clean the gutters kind of kid, you know, do whatever it takes. Um, and then they made me the bookkeeper because I was going to school for accounting. So I guess that kind of made sense at some level. I right. had no idea what I was doing. And this company had, two you know, two is four. a couple of lawyers. And, the, and I learned so much about law. I learned so much about accounting that the, the, job that I had during college was way more valuable to me long term than the college education. Now, having said that, I mean, I feel like I got a great uh, liberal arts education. I feel like I'm a well-rounded person. You know, I, I know a lot about the world. Could I have learned those things on my own, though? Yeah, sure. I think so. Yeah. So what percentage yeah, it's a, did you take away from college that, that you're actually using today? So. So that, I think that's a tougher thing. Just give me the answer. It's not hard. You just give me a roundabout percentage. <laughs> I'm so I feel so confident in this interview right now because like I know Garrick so well and I'm just like dude just give me the answer. So you know so I would say that it's probably in in my His field. Loans are still out there, so he's well, trying to figure no, out listen, how the, how worth it. Listen, they are. we haven't even got we haven't even gotten to balddudes.com yet. What is it? Bald Dudes Club. Anyway, in my world, accounting is a technical thing. So probably more than say if you got a. A marketing degree, you yeah. know. So I mean, is there an answer? So I would say thirty-five <laughs> percent. Okay, wow, that's good. But you know what helped me more is the document that I got at the end. It gave me an end to jobs that would have never allowed me to have without the education. So, yeah, I mean, or you're banks. So 100%. Bank, banks too. You're just saying the exact same thing that I said, because in this car trip, you know, it's funny, I was, one, I was dancing around the question, too. I didn't, like, <laughs> I didn't give, like, the percentage. What was your percentage? It was, study? It was 10%. 10, I, okay. said, I said 10%. Well, I'm in a technical field of accounting, after, so. Literally after they pulled it out of me, though. But, I mean, what? but, but I took a different angle, and as I was like, well, I'm gonna answer this a different way, because the value that I got out of it, and this is what I, this is, what now we're gonna circle back to what we're gonna tell you, um, is the relationships. Like the relationships by far were like the greatest value. I'm still friends with professors at the University of Florida. And because, and those professors, you know, sure, I got some, you know, general knowledge from them in college, but the knowledge that I've get, gotten from them since, you know, way like, more they're, like, wait, I mean, they're, they're now, you know, personal friends and they are like looking at my business and they come and they, even, they, even today, like, I'll, I'll sit down with them, I'll meet them, they bring classes here, we give tours of the dealership and like, and I'm, I'm still learning from these individuals. So those relationships have been, you know, have provided with me with so much value and I just, I love them so much, so. Well, I've got a real world kind of thing for, um, like we hire a lot of Santa Fe designers I've had you know uh, four or five of them, I, say, I, I guess. And, um, and they come to me with great skills. And the issue, though, that I see a lot of times is like, 
um, you know, they'll come and they'll be able to do a design and they'll be like, oh, I can do this design. And then I go, yeah, we got to do that design and 30 more today. So it's so much, you know, you learn those basic skills, but in real life you get much faster and much more efficient mm. with using them. Gotcha. That, that's the thing that I don't think like college is so much like just the courses, but it's more like the whole entire environment, which is why like, like even like part of like our whole thing of Unbox is like encouraging students to like be more involved because I feel like so much of what I've learned hasn't come from like my classes themselves, but like being part of the University of Florida and getting like all the benefits of that comes with, whether it be like organizations, clubs, or like possible local internships or jobs and things like that. I mean, you can grow that into military. You can grow this. I, I, this you're, so do, much. you're doing a lot. I mean, which is great. So I would say as long as you're not feeling like burnout, I would I would continue to do what you're doing. Because one, you know, I, it's funny. Anytime I go to the University of Florida and I speak and they're asking me, you know, like, how do you, how do you figure out what you're passionate about? If you, you know, I think it's a very common question because, like, in college, you know, students, you're there right now. Everybody figures out, like, they, they think they have to have their life figured out right now. Yeah. And it's just not true. Like, you got, so, you got so much time. And even if you get in, like, even if you graduate and get a job somewhere, like, and you're like, ah, I'm not so sure this is not what I want to do with the rest of my life. Well, then just go in and build as many relationships as possible. Exactly. You, you know? have to, like, then, test it out. And it's not so much even, like, learning exactly what you love at first, but learning, like, what you don't like. Like, I got involved in, like, a lot of different things in the beginning of college that I was like, this is a good experience, but now I know that, like, I don't want to do this again. And, like, that, like, kind of, like, trickles down to what you're actually passionate about. Yeah. So I would just keep exploring, keep doing, do as much as you possibly can. I think you're doing the right way. I knew too many people in college that stayed and locked away in their dorm room. They didn't get out. You know, here we're, we're even on the podcast trying to encourage people. Hey, US students, you can get outside of the bubble, like cross 13th Street once in a while. You know what I mean? Across the university, wherever. Like, just get outside of that bubble and, and get involved. And you're doing the right things because you're interning with us and then you're working on a project through the Co Accelerator. I mean, just. And working, where are you working at? I work at Chance. Okay, okay, let's go, yeah. cool. Chance so, I mean, is great. So yeah. you're doing a, a variety of different things, you're building a ton of relationships, and I think that in itself is is the right direction. Now, what, how you should prioritize it? To me, if you find yourself being w more passionate about one thing over another, that's probably a pretty good sign. You yeah, know what I mean? If absolutely. you're like, oh man, I'm really, really loving this, and if you're like really, really, really love your you know startup Unbox, then, I would say, that, well, then that's where I would spend all of my time. Mm -hmm. Because what I discovered with New Scooters for Less, especially in the last semester, when like before I graduated, like, I was in love to the point where I was like, I mean, the only reason I didn't drop out of school was because I had three months left. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and if it were two years prior, like, I don't know, I, I don't know what would have happened, you know? I don't know that's if I would have. Who well, knows? But the other you know thing I think she's doing right too is that she's putting more pressure on herself. Because, like you're talking about with building relationships, you also need to build the ability to operate under pressure, i.e., doing more designs in a day. So these college kids that go to they go to college, they 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 barely skate by on their classes, they get good grades, but then they just hang out the rest of the time. They're not setting themselves up for success. You are <laughs> actively on a daily basis stressing yourself to try and do these different things. So when you do graduate and you get in that real world everyday thing. You're not going to have any problem getting up in the morning and go, you know what? I've got two hours till I need to be to work, but I can go ahead and bang out 50 orders of unbox real fast. I could wait till after after work, but I could also do it right now. Might be a little tight, but I know I can do this because I've spent the last five years of my life doing this to myself on a daily basis. But, and you were talking about choices. <laughs> you know, um, I, Holly and I, my wife and I, we have six kids between the two of us. 
And uh, I told every kid, you know, you, you go get your, your, uh, your job at a restaurant. And as soon as, you know, if that's not your passion in life, then at the end of your shift, you go and you start working on getting that job that you really want. And so at any given time, you can be doing something that's not perfect and be creating those opportunities for the next thing. And I think you're already there, so. Yeah. You got this figured out. Exploring and finding the opportunities for the next thing. I think that's the biggest problem is there's so many people that don't know what they want. Like they don't, they don't even know what they want out of life. Well, you know, they're still like, ah, like, I don't know. I I think a lot of people don't like, you know, I I put it in, you know, a lot of people come to us because we're a sign shop and they say, you know, I'm getting ready to open a business or I'm thinking about opening a business. You know, what do I got to do? And I'm, you know, I need a sign. That's their first thing. You know, to be in business, I got to have a sign or I got to have business cards or I got to have whatever. And, um, you know, and I think there's a misperception about, you know, by some folks, what business is, you know, it's like, it's really just your state of mind. As soon as you say to yourself, hey, I'm in business, you're in business. Now, you might not stay in business if you don't get the legal work figured out and if you don't get the products figured out and you don't get all those different things. But your mindset of I'm in business, you know, that's where it starts off. And a lot of people can't get their head around the fact that uh, they're not going to work for somebody. I know so many people who have said, oh, you know, it's just I'm, you know, I'm the type of person that works for somebody. Why? This is all coming like for me. I'm like, this is eye opening for me. (laughs) Because <laughs> I'm like, my mindset is, I'm going to crush it. Right. But there are, but <laughs> like every day, I'm but, like, I'm going to crush this day. Like, let's go. But there are a lot of people who uh, have put up that roadblock in front of themselves and said, I can't do this because of this. I, you know, I can't go into business because I'm not a business owner. I'm not a CEO. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a marketer. I'm not, you know, you name the thing. And, um, and maybe some of those people ought not be in business. But at the end of the day, it's a choice that they're making. It's not something that's, you know, being thrust upon them. Yeah. So for sure. What other questions you got anymore? I think more than anything, um, I, I want to understand a little bit more about like the challenges that come with like owning your own business because I, I see that it's very different from like working for someone because like you work for someone like your shift ends and you're like okay like I'm done like responsibilities are gone but um, how do you handle that like constant responsibility of running your own business? I'm very fortunate that my wife keeps me in check so I have to have like a like a life outside of the business. I probably work like. 24-7 if, if it weren't for her saying, we're going to go on cruises, we're going to have our vacation, we're going to have our weekends, we're going to have our evenings, we're going to have dinners, we're going to have all those things. Because um, I, I get a little bit like caught up in whatever I'm doing and thinking that it's more important. But So you got to find that balance for sure. Um, and I think it's hard to do when there are the stresses of, you know, the customer needs this, the customer needs that, and I promise these things, and I'm going to try to deliver on every single thing, every single time by myself. And that's when you have to create those teams and those, you know, that um, uh, that whole infrastructure that supports, you know, your business. You know, whether that's delegating or figuring. But at the end of the day. You know, finding that balance is really tough. You know, you ca- call it living both, I guess, living through the life of it all, you know. and I call it work-life integration. Right. And I got that from my friend Alex because Alex Willis just taught me that there's just no, there, there is no such thing as a balance. They're like, like not trying to like constantly right. weigh it. It has to be a harmony. It has to be together. Like so, so I think that from, I think that there's a whole lot of like things pulling you in different directions. And that, to me, is what's hard about, you know, about the business sometimes. And, you know, it goes back to your question earlier, you know, do I do this or do I do that? How do I prioritize what needs to be done? Um, You know, in the sign business, 
you know, there's been times when I work through the night to make something because I had that additional eight hours. I mean, there was just a lot more time that I could actually do that stuff. So, you know, but if you limited yourself to say, hey, I'm done at five o'clock, you know, that would, that would be something that would that definitely restrict what you could get done. Well, I feel like that's also something that's, it's so much pushed on, you know, your generation is this, you know, gotta grind. Yeah. You know, this whole, you if you're not grinding 24-7, you're not going to make it. And while I agree with, you know, what I just said previously, if you need to stress yourself, you need to push yourself, you do have to be able to step back sometimes and relax. And that's something that's not seen as okay. It's not, you know, it's preached all the time that you got to grind 24-7. You have to be out hustling every day, every minute to make it. And that's not always true. You have to have a mental state where you can step back, relax, refresh and, and then if you come have back a passion about something if you have a passion about it then you know you're going to have make those opportunities even when you're kind of like you know uh off if you will you know you're going to still you know you're, you're still going to be meeting people and making relationships and doing all those things that you're passionate about so i think that's where the integration comes in. our best marketing meetings come when he comes back from a cruise and i just came back from vacation we come yeah. we walk in we've got the same idea and we we okay. hit it well you know what i found about um like traveling is that you meet and you meet a lot of people who you don't see on a daily basis. So you get experiences and and it broadens your horizons and you see things that other people have done. You know, if you go to the islands, people have a lot of times less resources to work with and then they'll make something out of something and you go, Oh man, I could, you know, I've got all the resources in the world from the, you know, equipment and materials and everything else. And they did something very clever and very interesting with so much less. It just kind of gets your mind going in a completely different way. And then the other thing that's cool is that no matter where you're at, everybody that you run into in some basic human way is the same. You know, that's like people are, you know, generally decent folks that you know want to want to reach out and have a relationship with you as well yeah it's interesting going back to what you were saying about like the hustling and the grinding and stuff the thing that i found about this is you know at least for me i don't look at what i do as work right like i like i love every second like my day yesterday was insane from waking up at 4 30 in the morning which is, I'm making it again, Alex Willis has got me on. <laughs> this guy, he's been a huge influence on me. Um, he got, getting me at like 4.30 in the morning to, I didn't get home till 9.30 last night. But I loved every second of it. Yep. Like every second of it. I wasn't like, oh man, like I wasn't like looking, I wasn't looking at my watch being like, what time do I like, get home? Now I did text Shannon and my wife and be like, hey, I'm really, really sorry. Like things got a little bit crazy today. I had somebody call out sick and so I had to cover an extra thing, you know, and, and, and I said, I'm gonna be home a little bit late, but but still, like I loved every second of it. And then like, it's interesting because when I look at it, you know, in terms of the vacations and, and this kind of thing for an entrepreneur, one, we don't, entrepreneurs don't ever take the time to celebrate. Yeah, I, 100% fact. We, yeah, we totally, celebrate the little things. It, I mean, it's funny because I remember that that year, the first year in August when we hit 291 scooters sold. That was like that month. We had never like the year before that we did like 147. <laughs> okay, so like crazy, right? And I remember like I think I the goal. I was like, all right, like, let's see. I think we, I mean, it was calculated. I don't remember what it was, but it's probably like around 175 or something like that, right? And which would have been great. Going from 147 to 175, like, it would have been awesome. And 
And then when we hit 200, and we still had like a week left, <laughs> the whole the whole team, the whole team's like, we hit the goal, yay! I'm like, the goal's 300 now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, let's go. I was like, there's no time to sell. You know, for me, I'm like, there's no time to celebrate. Like, let's like, it was it was immediately. I just took the goal and I went. No, the new goal is right here, and and I didn't take any time to celebrate. You know, I was like, I would. It's just go 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 go. Well, you and, know, and we need and we do need to. Like, I think we can. Well, it's kind of like this morning. I go, like, I go. Hey, you know, this place looks so great compared to what it looked like when you moved in. I mean, this place was rough. Yeah. You know, and Super and it looks and you go, yeah, but it could be so much more. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, like, if you know you can do better, like, then you can keep doing better. Like, there's no reason to stop. Well, right. I started off in uh, 1,200 square foot on Archer Road. Then I moved 2,400 square foot in the plaza that we're in now. And then I moved next door, and it was 5,000 square foot. And then we added this, the space next to that, and it's 6,000 square foot. And you know, and, and space isn't real. It, it's really not like a uh, like a measurement or a tool or anything. It's just it just kind of kind of shows how much growth there was. And at each at each step, it wasn't like. Wow! Check out the place we just you know. It was just let's grind to the next place. So yeah, yeah. To, yeah. you know, kind of speak to what you're talking. The about. one thing I feel like needs to be touched on though is celebration. You know, celebrating your successes is not always money driven. So one thing I think that some kids do get caught up in is they start a business, they make their first thousand dollars, they go out there buy a watch, and they're like, right, "Oh my right. god, I've made it!" Right. And then the next day they, they realize that What's they need to buy another piece of equipment. Me? No, anybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> So the next day they realize they gotta buy a piece of equipment, it's $500. Now they have a watch they can't buy equipment with. So celebrating your successes is not going out and buying and doing crazy things, it's stepping back for a, for a day. You can't eat you know, assets. Yeah, yeah t- t- take a day, step back, and, and, and celebrate with your friends that helped you get to where you are because whether right. they're in business with you or not, the people around you well, helped you get there. And definitely with the team, celebrating with the team. I, I like, I've done. Uh, I'm doing a much better job of taking time to celebrate, but but I've just always been like, all right, what's next? What's next? What's next? Now, in the early days, like, and I think that's a super important lesson too. So if anybody's building a company, I like I like what you said. You know, going out and like buying a watch, right? This this is this is the reality of what happens. I'll t- I'll be straight up honest. The first thing, like when I had my early success with my company, the first thing that I bought, well, one was a house, like. Which I was like, oh, like I'm gonna go out and buy a house. This will be a good investment. So I bought a house. Someday I'll meet Garrick in the neighborhood. <laughs> it, was a, it was a different house. It was before that. But 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 yes, um, you know, ended up ended up buying this house. But the first thing that I bought for this house, and I'm like kind of embarrassed to even say, it, but I'm going to because it's a good lesson. I bought this eight thousand dollar hot tub. Like this jacuzzi, what? I was like, I'm like here, I, here I am, 21 years old, 21 years old, like, and and we like really did, you know, at least in terms of what I was taking home, we did pretty good that first year, and I'm like, bought this hot tub, and I was having parties at this house, you know, it's just like. Yeah, how many staff meetings have been had in that, <laughs> that hot tub? There are some. De- there's some definitely embarrassing pictures that people would not want to hit the internet, <laughs> and they're out there. But, um, but a lot. I think that should be the new uh, cover and it was photo. like a, it was like an eight person hot tub. I mean, it was a pretty large hot tub. But I'm just saying, like when I look back, and I actually ended up trading it for like advertising later. <laughs> I was like, I need to get this hot tub out. I was actually moving. I was like, I need to get this hot tub out of here. Who wants a hot tub? and ended up trading it for ads for new scooters for less and something. But um, 
But yeah, it was definitely one of those I think, I think lessons to be learned because I would never do that. You know, looking back, I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have not done that. I wish I would have invested that money somewhere else. But so you we, learned from it. Of course. Well, and we, and we, I mean, I know in order for us to grow, I've had to really, really reinvest every single penny that, you know, when I, when I opened up, I felt like, well, and I did have to still make a living. You know, it wasn't like I could go three years without pulling a paycheck out. I had to make a living. I did. I wasn't in a position not to. But we to do make tell money. ourselves that a lot. We do like. I, I've had some friends really, an entrepreneurial friends really looking at my business, saying like, "You need the, you need to look at what you're doing, right? Because you keep telling yourself that you're reinvesting into the company, but you still need to like live, Colin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you don't want to stress your wife out about making the mortgage at home because you're reinvesting into the business. Right. You know. Well, what and I, mean? I think that I think that that's a, a place where we end up uh, struggling. You know, you say you bought a, a jacuzzi. Well. You know, I probably bought a printer I shouldn't have. I probably bought three printers in the last two years I shouldn't have. Yeah, <laughs> you know? better still in the shop. Yeah, well, it's better to invest it into the business than it is into a hot tub. <laughs> well, you know, when when the when the stock market was crashing, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go out and buy a printer. And the philosophy there was, you know, everything that I put into General Motors became valueless. You know. And, and that printer allowed me to generate that first $100,000. Well, actually that printer probably generated $250,000 worth of work. You know, so at the end of the day, to me, that was a better investment. Now, you know, if I had uh, bought uh, GM on that front end back then, and you know, after they went bankrupt and I lost the money that I had in GM, if I'd rebought it, it probably would have been as good or better an investment. I don't know, it's hard to say. Yeah, we gotta start wrapping up, but I want to give Maria the last question. Do you have a last question? I'm not even sure. I I don't know. You can ask a veteran entrepreneur anything. <laughs> veteran entrepreneur right here, like, what would it be? Or from a marketing standpoint, marketing and sales. I think more than anything, something I was curious about, like um, hearing you guys talk about like having different businesses is like, when to know like when to move on you know like when like you said that you had like different companies that you sold them and you moved on to the next one so like kind of what was your determining factor to say like this project like has come to maturity and like and you've been there kind of you know with uh with whiffed outfitters you've been kind of there that's when you lost your passion when you lose your passion it's time to move on so i still technically own my clothing company and i have multiple people on a weekly monthly basis that come to me and ask you know when we're going to release something new, and my exact answer is whenever you guys want to do it. I no longer have a passion for that. I've moved on from that. Now, there's nothing wrong with you know still continually let it run, or you know if you for some reason ever lost your interest in Unbox. There's nothing wrong with starting a side hustle that becomes your main hustle and keeping that in the background, or selling it, or I mean, selling I, it. I sold I sold a donut shop in Danell and and used the money. Um, I remember, like, you know, I told these people, I want X thousand dollars, and they were like, oh, that's so cheap, so much cheaper than I can build it myself, so we'll, we'll take it. And then I went to them, like, a week later, and I said, if you bring me $5,000 less, but do it today, I've got an opportunity to buy some equipment tomorrow. <laughs> so, you know, you can, um, you know, these are assets. These are tangible assets, these businesses, and so you can sell that as well. Um, and and I, I think that there's a... You know, for for me, I was I was I'd already moved on. You know, mentally. You know, so you'll know I think when you've already moved on mentally. Um, you know, lost your passion, if you will, or 
you know, something, I've done a lot of things that were just unprofitable. I mean, just- Okay, is there anything that you held on to like for too, too long? long? Wait, Printers. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but from a business standpoint, like. Yeah, so I also used to own an installation business and uh, again, lost my passion in it and I knew it was time to get out, but I was still making tons of money with it. So I'm sitting there continuing to run a business I'm no longer enjoying and what happened is my customer basis knew that. You know, they could sense every meeting we'd have. I was less interested, I was less engaged. And so it just slowly went downhill where I could have sold it, you know, at the high point, and I probably would have got, you know, about 120,000 for it. I ended up selling for about 70 because half my customer bases had moved on to a contractor that was more involved. So, yes, once once you've lost that passion, you have to be able to step well, back no matter what the money is and well, know and, that it's time. And to move. there are some things that are just unprofitable. I mean, if, you know, there's a the definition, you know, if you if if you're not meeting your marginal costs, you're it's it's not something you should be doing, you know, because you'll never ever volume out of that. Yeah, I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's been and a good conversation, guys. Fun and girls. I loved it. <laughs> I like. Well, thanks for. I mean, that was a great question. Good questions, all of them. Um, this is. Do you mind if I share this on our page? Because you Can have you fix the typos. No, just leave them. I like it. I like it. It's raw and authentic. I mean, because I'm like looking through this and there's some, just these, you know, unique Garrick management concepts. And I mean, even things that like teach employees to clean the bathrooms first. Yeah, that comes and, from the donut business. Yeah, if, I mean. If and, I taught them to clean the bathrooms on day two, it wasn't the primary responsibility. It was it was a secondary item. And firing bad customers. I mean, there's just a lot of good stuff in here. So... Do you have to uh, did I forward this to you? No, you have All right, I'm going to forward this to you. If we can get it up on the website. Yeah, you can cool share it. Of course. All right, because cool. I think, I, I think was, this would be interesting. So just go to the, go to the website, whoagmv.com. Look for, um, is it under wrap spot? It'll be under wrap spot. Garrett, like, look for their spot on the calendar. Yeah. Click it, open it up, and all of it will be right in there. And uh, I'm going to put this in there because I think this is a lot of good tips and information. So, so go check that out. And then again, I just want to thank you guys. One, um, one to Garrick for creating BaldDudesClub.com. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we totally Wait, need to go fix that I, now. So I know if somebody call. actually went there. I don't even know what it would show. Call, call the web guy. Tell him to fix it up. Yeah. <laughs> So I wish we could have spent a lot of time on that. <laughs> well, I did shave but, my head for this. Yeah. So. But um, <laughs> go check out that website, one. But um, but no, seriously, guys, like. Right, wait, one quick thing. Yeah, yeah. Bald Dudes Club. So I, I put this out there. You know, I'm sending out stickers and membership cards to people and T-shirts. And, and uh, it was kind of like kind of like Salt Life. And, you know, in that, you know, one of those lifestyle brands, you know, just just something fun that we were doing because we were kind of had an interest in it. So I'm kind of doing this stuff. And this guy, this is this freaked me out. This guy sends me a picture where he tattoos Bald Dudes Club logo on himself. No. And I was like, are you <laughs> kidding me? I mean, there's just no way. That, and, and it was it was a really good. It's a lifetime <laughs> membership right there. I was like. I was like, I, I sent him like a dozen shirts. <laughs> this guy, that guy's gonna hear this podcast yeah. and be like, "We did it! Yeah, we did it!" <laughs> I mean, they were on. It was just, it was That's hysterical. Awesome. But uh, you know, but it just. <laughs> well, again, like, thank you for being our first sponsor and giving away this wrap. I'm super, I'm super excited to see who's gonna win this thing. Again, if you're listening, 
Just go to whoagmv.com. We're going to do like a time lapse of doing it. And yeah, yeah, we should totally do that. And whoever wins it, if they get all that stuff, they can repost that. And I mean, it's just going to be yeah. awesome for everybody. It's going to be super awesome. I'm, I'm so stoked. So whoagmv.com, click giveaway, fill out the form, get entered to win, and then we're going to give it away here in a few weeks. I'm pretty sure any employee that wins that for their boss gets like instant employee of the year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, Dude, guaranteed. It's going to be awesome. And then, then go check out the event. When was it again? March, March 29th. March 29th. Six o'clock. It's Friday Ribs, night. Ribs, beer, live wrapping of a vehicle, Elio performing. Yeah. You kind of can't beat it. Yeah, that's awesome. So Entertainment for the whole family. And Maria, thank you so much for being my guest co-host. Thank you for you having me. You were awesome. She's better than keep, you, keep, Yeah, yeah oh. she should have her own podcast. I mean, her her shot, her her shirt just killed the whole thing. So, I mean, she, she walked in a room, won. Oh. Well, Keep doing amazing things. Thank you for your work with Repaint, and I can't wait to kind of see where Unboxed goes and to hear your ventures with that. So keep it up, keep up the hustle, (laughs) keep up the grind. (laughs) And and Games of World, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. We'll see you later. Bye.